really just a, a really dominant front three when you're looking at Durden, Cooper, and Marvin Wilson. And they're starting to really play and, and play to the level that people thought that they could. And they're playing at the level that the coaching staff sort of foresaw, and which was one of the reasons, you know, going to that 3-4 was, was a big deal. Was, you know, all three of those guys on the field at the same time is huge. Marvin Wilson is, is having one of the best years that a defensive tackle has ever had at Florida State. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnun Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. Hope y'all are having a great week. Bye week is over. It is it is Clemson week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Lots to kind of still recap and kind of go and looking back at the the first start of the season. Uh, we got a lot of questions from you guys that you gave to us. I think. Uh, almost like eight or nine questions that we have on here to answer for y'all tonight. So this is a loaded podcast full of just stuff to go over, uh, and I'm excited to do it, and I'm glad to be with my two co-hosts, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer, and our lead graphic designer, Fisher Goober-Adkins. It's Clemson week. I had to do it, Fisher. I'm sorry. I mean, if it if it helps FSU win, you know, I understand. <laughs> Every, you're going to need a lot of things. <laughs> if you believe in a lot of spirits um, and if you're superstitious, if you got that one shirt to wear, I think that is going to be the one that you're going to want to wear on Saturday. What, how are you doing, Dustin? Very quiet. Yeah, I mean, doing awesome. Looking forward to Florida State finally having a game on Saturday. Last Saturday, all I did was lose money. So I'm hoping this Saturday I can, I can just watch Florida State <laughs> lose a game instead. You really didn't learn from what we tried to help you with last week uh, when we recorded. Me and Fisher were trying to help you out as much as possible. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think I think I need that sit down. I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next after, time we'll, after Sunday and Monday night. Well, I was gonna I'm say shambles. Yeah, I, that's all right. But here's the deal: D- Fisher can't come back down to Tallahassee anymore. We've kind of already agreed on that. He can't come to any games. Because every time he comes and watches a game, uh, Florida State does lose. So, uh, we, Dustin, I think you're going to have to go to Mississippi. I think you're going to have to go to Mississippi, which I know you don't really want to do. They have a lot of mental institutions up there. They have what? A lot of mental institutions because everyone just goes crazy in that state. (laughs) Don't really think we do, but... (laughs) This is starting to get really... (laughs) You are going to... Might have to run hands in. Isn't Florida the state that's like has all the crazies Florida and all the crazy Man. stories? Yeah, it's alligator with like a pair of scissors. That's like <laughs> no, they inflate the statistics, bro. 
<laughs> We're not uh, on. Yeah, uh, Florida, Florida is crazy, but we we have a, we don't have time to be playing right now. Fisher's got some like blues clues to watch after this and all this kind of stuff. He gets like a fall break, so he's getting ready to go on a trip out of town tomorrow. So. We're going to try to grind this one out. we got a ton, a ton, a ton to talk about. Um, and also, I just want to let you guys know, you can listen to this on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Google Play. And I will let you all know, too, since I see this is an up-and-coming thing, we are now available on YouTube. So immediately, whenever we pu- uh, publish these podcasts, they go straight to our YouTube account, and they're published there. So in case you guys listen to podcasts over there, like crazy people, Go ahead, subscribe over there, um, and we'll be utilizing bye the bye YouTube. YouTube fan base. Jeez. <laughs> um, no harm, no harm. Um, but if you listen to uh, podcasts on YouTube, which is a video pr- platform, um, I give it go right ahead. Be my guest. Um, I know there's a lot of u- crazy YouTube people out there. I used to be in the same boat. But, uh, yeah, if y'all are over there, subscribe. It will update you every time we upload a video, which is going to be filled with our audio from these uh it'd be great if you guys go ahead and subbed over there um and as always thank you guys so much for listening we've seen a lot of support and we've seen a lot of our listens go up the last couple of weeks um and definitely in the start of the season so we appreciate it we try to do this as much as we can we're all three of us are in college so sometimes it's hectic for us and it's wild and we can usually either do these early in the morning or crazy late at night so um, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen and giving us a try and leaving us uh, ratings on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I'd throw that out there before we jump right into it. So I think the uh, big highlight, um, obviously, going into this Clemson game, we heard from Lee Taggart on Monday. James Blackman will be starting this game in Death Valley. I don't think this was a shock to us three, um, right, Dustin and Fisher? Yeah, not not at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, especially considering James Blackman did suit up, uh, not last week, but the previous week against NC State. And the, the plan was never to use him, um, but he, he was available if he had to go. So you would you would imagine that he, that he would be your starter against Clemson. Yeah, yeah, he was out there. We saw him fully warming up. Um, and then, of course, we saw Hornibrook go out there and play the entire game. But, yeah, I think we already noted on this, if you want to go listen – to the podcast before but we can quickly note on you know how this game will now be played now knowing who this uh this true starter will be with blackman at the helm willie tiger did mention though uh, alex hornybrook will probably most likely be playing in this game too so it looks like they're going to be playing two quarterbacks when's the last time i don't know we're young but i'm trying to think about the last time we've seen florida state run a two quarterback kind of offense um it's not i don't think they really it didn't seem like they have a plan, like a set plan. They might be just faking, and they actually have a pretty nice plan laid out. But it seemed like Kendall Bryles is kind of going with the flow, and they'll see what happens whenever they get play out of Blackman and whenever they throw Hornybrook out there. But uh, I don't remember the last time I've seen Florida State play this kind of two-quarterback uh, system like they will go do in Death Valley against Clemson. Yeah, really, the the last time I can remember – for to say doing something like this was <clears throat> all the way back when Bobby Bowden was head coach way back in 2007 when uh, Drew Weatherford and Xavier Lee split time. So it's, yeah. it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are the two names that, that came to mind. 
Xavier sure, Lee. Other other than that, I don't I don't I don't think you know Florida State's ever really done something like this unless they you know really had to. Mm-hmm. And one thing you know I think we all noted on too, and we can discuss it really quickly and move on. But with James Blackman at the helm, I think you get a better advantage of stretching that field more, which you're gonna that's what you need. I mean, it might might be more risk, higher reward. But you get a guy that can stretch that field, can kind of lay those linebackers back. So then you might even have a potential uh, opportunity to have running game with one of the best running backs that is having an excellent start to their season with Cam Akers. Uh, But deep ball threat, this is what James Blackman brings to the table better than Alex Hornibrook. But I'll let you guys uh, speak on that, too. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, Blackman is more averse to taking shots down the field. Hornybrook, whenever he's in, he's he's more of a check down guy. He'll take he'll take what's there. And then obviously you have Blackman who's gonna take those risks, but so far this season, whenever whenever he's taken those shots, he's been mostly successful. I, I know he's missed a, a few crucial ones. You know, you think back to that deep throw he missed at Virginia to to Morion Terry. That's probably the biggest throw Blackman has missed so far this season. So coming off injury, coming off a game where, you know, Alex Hornibrook played the entirety of Florida State's last win. I'm really interested to see how Blackman performs early in this game. I'm, I'm interested to see if he starts the game out of rhythm due to missing some time. Yeah, I think if you if you asked me, you know, if you can only have one quarterback play the entire game, um, I would definitely go Blackman, and I don't think that's up for much debate. I think Blackman clearly gives you the better chance to win this game. Um, Blackman, kind of like y'all both mentioned, really has the ability to stretch the field, which is something that Florida State's absolutely going to have to do to be able to win this game, is to um, you know, convert those explosive plays, uh, execute those deep balls, those deep throws, which is something Blackman is good at doing. And, and you know, he's, he's obviously missed a few times, but, that, I mean, that's going to happen um, when you take as many as he does. Um, so overall, you know, you like his ability to stretch the field. And then you also look at, you know, Florida State gave up eight sacks last week. Um, and half of those were Hornibrook's fault. Um, and so, you know, Clemson is definitely uh, known to, to get after the, the pass the passer, and, and that's going to be the case on Saturday when the Knowles take on Clemson. Uh, that defensive line is, is coming for, for whoever's behind center. So Blackman also gives you a better, a better chance at, um, you know, giving the quarterback uh, more time to throw and, and, and kind of evading, you know, a couple of those mm-hmm. sacks. Definitely were avoidable last week. Yeah, and that's something Hornibrook kind of – was putting himself into you know we, we discussed it um in our last podcast but Honeybrook put himself in those situations and that's something uh Blackman doesn't usually try to do and he kind of gets out of there and eludes the pressure um, and can roll out and give the other time for maybe you can find a guy that's open down the field uh so yeah I think we all agreed on it uh, we're not too shocked about this I kind of think we expected I know the fan base a lot of the fan base was you know Ryan with Honeybrook because he's won some games but uh, this is still Blackman's team. Uh, if Blackman's playing terrible, then, of course, I would think that you would see Alex Hornibrook go in. But either way, it looks like both quarterbacks will play. And so it should be pretty interesting. We should have a pretty interesting yeah. podcast to recap that game with, that's for sure. Yeah. Just one one more thought I had I have about the quarterbacks, too, while yeah. we're still on, is uh, last, last game against NC State, I keep trying to say last week. It wasn't last week. Two weeks ago against yeah. NC State. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the first game that Florida State really didn't start strong however you saw the offense be able to elevate throughout the game whether you know but 
looking at the flip side of that, Blackman was able to always start strong and then was never able to sustain it. And so I think that's kind of the idea behind you know playing both guys is Blackman gives you that strong start and he elevates the offense. Mm, but yeah. Hawkman, not Hawkman, Hornibrook, <laughs> sorry, <y'all. laughs> Hornibrook, I think, is able to sustain that offense and kind of give it a nudge whenever, you know, Blackman is, is not connecting and not making those those throws that he usually makes. So um, I, I think using them both is the right idea, and I, and I think it it's a way to, to keep the offense moving and keep it efficient. Yeah, that, yeah it's that, a nice change of pace. Yeah, right. no, that's interesting what you brought up for sure. I think, I mean, like you said, Blackman does have a pretty, usually does have solid starts to games, and then it kind of dies off, and the offense doesn't keep its momentum going. Um, I think this will be an interesting game overall. I know we got a question here from a follower, you know, talking about, you know, missing a start and having a minor injury, how much could it really affect him? Because, you know, he still had an injury. He's not just coming back fully healthy. I mean, he, well, he, he's expected to come back fully healthy, but you get what I mean here. Uh, he's missed a, uh, a game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. I think both quarterbacks have to play their smartest game in order to keep this game close. You know, there can be any turnovers, or it could get ugly quickly. Florida State does better with momentum, but, you know, Florida State started off slow offensively and their last game. I mean, one of the best running backs in the country, Cam Akers, was held at no yards pretty much going into the second half. Um, uh, they're they're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, get get cooking early. They won't have Dalvin Cook on their side, sadly. So uh, they're going to have to figure out a way. Uh, and I'm interested to see how one of the best offensive-minded coaches right now in college football with Kendall Bryles, a very respected guy, will work with these two guys. Um, but it seems like they've got some kind of uh, plan uh, against Clemson. Uh Florida State is kind of fairly fully healthy, you know, aside from having Joshua Kando and uh, Jaden Lars would be out for the rest of the season. Um, Juwan Williams and Cole Minshew actually returned to practice this week. How big, you know, we were talking about it last week. We're like, wow, you know, we wouldn't ever have thought coming into this season, at least, that, you know, we'd be very, it'd be a very big deal if Juwan Williams was coming back uh, or coming to, start and play a big vital role for this offensive line but after looking at last week and how much this could possibly help this offensive line improve if he's out there uh, just give some notes on that uh, Dustin because you had predicted him before the season started to be one of the most influential and a guy that was going to make the biggest step forward for uh, his position group yeah I mean like you said it's it's crazy that now we're we're waiting and we're hoping for Juan Williams to be healthy enough to go against Clemson <clears throat> to start at to start at left tackle. A season ago, if you would have said that, you would have you would have sounded like a crazy person. <laughs> we would have had to take you to one of those uh, mental institutions in Mississippi. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Williams Williams has really taken a step forward. I mean, this is the first off season he was ever really healthy at Florida State. He got a chance to rebuild his body after those shoulder injuries and physically he's he's taken a massive step forward and i think having randy clements there has also helped him mentally improve so really having Juan williams out there on saturday it's going to help this florida state offensive line abdu bello isn't even close to the player that that williams has turned himself into and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing him get challenged by an elite defense and how he responds in his first game back after injury 
I just don't know why, like, I'm the one that gets, like, picked on all the time. <laughs> because yeah. you're the only one outside of Florida. I think that's, no, that's what true. It is. That's but, true. That's true. Dustin has a thing. Yeah, you Dustin has realize. a thing. You don't even realize. Like, people that don't live in Florida, like, don't like Florida. I don't like Florida, and I live like, here. But, I mean, you never even been to Mississippi, man. You, I, I don't know it's, it's a It's a good place. It's a good place. Well... The only thing that I have a problem with, and like it just Mississippi State mainly, is the cowbells. I, I just don't think I could do it. You know, you kind of like said, "Hey, come up, Logan." You know. Oh no no no! It, game it, and like I just don't. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, but my ears though. No no no! Davis Wade Stadium is, is one of the best environments in college football. <sighs> Tony man, could you do the cowbell cowbells, uh, Dustin? Here's here's all right. Here's here's the deal with the cowbell. One one cowbell is the most annoying sound in the world, but sixty two thousand cowbells at once oh is, is right before kickoff. That's that's pretty exciting stuff. It's pretty exciting. I don't know if that sounds about right. What do you think, Dustin? You know, I don't want to hurt Fisher's feelings anymore. <laughs> it's, you're not you're not hurting my feelings. I just you know. I don't. I just don't know about that. But maybe maybe you know. Maybe we should take a trip up there, Dustin, one year. Maybe next year or something. Maybe some the podcast listeners would maybe say, hey, go give it a try, and then we can get our, give our reaction. Um, cussing aloud in the reaction. You know what? Whatever. Whatever. Needs more cowbell. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I don't want y'all to come visit anyway. I don't want it. I know. I know. Oh, mean. Well, mean, mean, mean. No, 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 no. It's over. It's over. You lost your invite. Uh, All right, probably get so, back to get back to oh, Juan Williams. Yeah, yeah, getting back. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Logan Tyler. Uh, on Monday, it was confirmed from Willie Taggart that he is no longer going to be with the team. It was reported um, that he was going to be transferring from uh, Florida State. Uh, and this goes from a situation that he had uh, kind of, you know, a, a day before the football season started uh, for them against Boise State, uh, a situation with the DUI, and um, kind of it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation because, you know, this guy, you know, has rep Florida State in a very nice way. I know a lot of people on Twitter just kind of like to get their entertainment or get their um, attention sometimes and just tweet some stupid stuff. But uh, Logan Tyler has done a lot of things. Um, he's very close with his teammates there, but also he's done a lot of stuff in the community, uh, even some things that people don't even know about privately uh, with kids and taking time out for them and just going by himself without anybody knowing. Um, nowhere on social media has he put it. Uh, he's done a lot uh, for this team. And you know, what's also interesting here, and I'll let you guys uh, talk to in a second, but coming in, uh, he was kind of put in a sticky sticky situation. Um, we actually, he was the first player I interviewed at nullgameday.com. That was the first article I've ever written was actually about Logan Tyler. Um, so he was kind of stuck in between, you know, he, he was going to have Roberto Aguayo's brother, Ricky Aguayo, come in, who was obviously a, a respected kicker, too. But Logan Tyler was always the highest, higher-rated field goal kicker. Um, and, you know, he showed out really well against him in the Coles camp. Um, and, you know, it kind of just continued to where, you know, he, he just 
knew, you know, the Aguado name might carry on where Ricky Aguado would get the start. So he, you know, there's kind of contemplation between Alabama and Florida State. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but there was a lot of, you know, maybe go to Alabama um, or kind of compete with Ricky uh, and try to get that starting spot. But eventually Ricky did get that starting spot under uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, But there was a lot of things that I was told and a lot of people have reported on, I think, but uh, came out, you know, that Logan Tyler was winning a lot of these uh, competitions in practice. Um, He came in as a better kicker, but during practice he was even executing and and beating Ricky Aguayo out, Ricky Aguayo out in uh, drills, so um, I think it's a tough situation. He came in now. He's he was a punter. He was asked to punt. He's also the kickoff duty. He's got one of the strongest legs you'll see. I think on YouTube you can watch him kick what a seventy yarder, maybe more. Uh, one of the strongest legs I've seen it from a kicker. Um, so he's now in the transfer portal, but also he's no longer with the program. Um, so I, I personally would like to give the best of luck uh, to him. I think it was a bad mistake on his part. I think he knows that he's a smart guy, good guy, and he's done a lot for this team. And I, I just, you know, the, the stuff that is being said about him and all that kind of, it's just kind of ridiculous, but it, it's usually older people that I just kind of want to get some attention. Uh, and it's kind of ridiculous. You know, a, a guy makes a mistake and uh, I wish some people would kind of do their, do uh, just kind of look in and see what a guy has done for the program. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of want to talk about that for a second. I'll let you guys go. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Tyler has represented the program extremely well outside of this this really one glaring mistake. I mean, I remember, you know, throughout his career, he was usually one of the only guys to ever go over to the band after games and, you know, be there for, for the ending fight song and you know, that tradition's kind of something that, that Willie Taggart has taken to the next level now that he's gotten here. So I'm sure that was really cool for, for Tyler to be a part of the whole team joining him for that. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I just wish him the the best of luck moving forward and hopefully he lands in a good opportunity for him and he can show out in 2020 in his final year and make it to the next level. Yeah, it, it kind of seemed like Logan Tyler was uh, one of the first guys to really buy into Taggart when Taggart arrived. Uh, it was always clear, you know, seeing the way that, that Logan Tyler would lift up his teammates, um, especially after the Boise State game this year. Um, one of those guys that went over and, and helped up, you know, to Dontavious Jackson after that, after he took that loss pretty hard. So um, there's no doubt that, that Logan Tyler loved Florida State and still does and, um, you know, was certainly a leader for this team. and. Um, played really well at times too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wasn't the most consistent guy, but um, at times he 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 played really well and, and really kicked the ball really well and was a really uh, sure reliable um, k- kickoff guy for you. So, um, I, I, you know, I think I think he's going to go somewhere and and have a good finish out his career somewhere and and uh, wish him all the best. But it's just crazy and how how a guy can do so much good and then makes one mistake and all of a sudden you know he's a terrible person and he's bad of the program and and you know say whatever you want and you know it's, it's kind of funny a, a guy like greg reed you know he made a mistake and all of a sudden it's you know he didn't do anything wrong you know he should be able to play and come back and and so it's really just circumstantial um and it's kind of ridiculous but you know best of luck to, to logan tyler yeah no and i think uh, moving forward for him you know if he gets an opportunity somewhere which i do think he will uh the 
situation that he'll probably want to go through is probably kicking field goals. Uh, if he's trying to go to that next level, being able to hit all three and, and giving that to scouts moving forward. Um, you know, I mean, of course it's tough coming what, from what happened, the mistake that that was made uh, still being able to execute and do kickoff duties, field goal, and also punting plays a big role for him. So I would, I would expect if he were to transfer somewhere, which I know he's trying very hard to do, and uh, another process is going, uh, is working on that right now. If he's going to go somewhere, he's going to try to do field goal. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see that whenever he gets lands on a team somewhere. So hopefully, you know, a, a tough situation for him. I know. I just, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you see stuff on the internet and and it's kind of ridiculous, you know. It, it's it's really annoying. Mistakes are made sometimes, but uh, this guy kind of really, like Fisher said. He's really close with his teammates, uh, and, and like you said, lifting up Dontavious Jackson. While Dontavious Jackson, after the Boise State game, was sitting there extremely emotional. Um, and th- this is a special teams guy. You don't usually see this as much from special teams guys. They're usually those guys, you know, we've played football, but they're usually the ones that are off just messing around, doing whatever, or, you know, they're not as close with guys, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, the, he, he's a very close teammate to a lot of them and a big supporter of the Marching Chiefs, like Dustin noted, and, you know, the program as a whole. Uh, and, and I think it's just a tough situation. So I, I wish him the best of luck when we're he can uh, land somewhere and get some playing time. Um, all right, sweet. So I think that's pretty much there. Also, we'll note a little bit on the NFL, guys. Uh, it's kind of kicking up quite a bit. It was kind of a slow start for FSU players to start the season. But, man, Brian Burns, <laughs> having he came out of uh, September as rookie of the month. <laughs> How about that? Uh, on set On Sunday, he had a touchdown <laughs> as a defensive end, and he also had a strip on the quarterback. Uh, Ryan Izzo also had his first career touchdown from Tom Brady with the Patriots. Ew. Um, <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan. If you're new to this podcast, I'm a Steelers fan, so that's disgusting for me. But congrats to Ryan Izzo. Um, looks like he's getting some more playing time. I think one of their tight ends is out, but he's been playing quite a bit this season, so good for him. Auden Tate. With the Bengals, also, ooh, but he scored their touchdown. He scored a touchdown on Sunday. Dalvin Cook is still doing his thing, man. He he is he's disgusting this season. I mean, he's unreal. He's dirty. Um, and then, of course, Jameis Swenson, who, you know, I'm sure, Dustin, you can note on this, uh, Jameis Winston almost kind of went to New Orleans and, and was trying to uh, get a win out of there, but just couldn't happen. But he's still staying solid. I don't think he didn't throw any interceptions, correct? Two yeah, touchdowns. he didn't throw any picks, but it, it was an ugly game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jameis and, and a lot of these Knolls are, are, are doing pretty good right now. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I might be missing. I don't think I am. Uh, one guy I'd like to note on quickly is a Pittsburgh Steeler, who I'm surprised – you you wouldn't bring up Vince Williams. Benny, yeah, played pretty well in the Steelers' loss to the Ravens on Sunday. He had nine tackles and a sack. I, I was watching that game and I came away pretty impressed. Yeah, and the thing is, he missed the he's missed. I believe he missed two games. I believe maybe three, but I think it was two. Um, so he was still kind of rusty at times. You could tell, but he he's he's a solid linebacker in the league. I'm telling you, man. Um, he's usually one of the top guys to perform 
there defensively and then all the Knowles that are playing right now in the league. Uh, but Vince Williams, it's good to have him back and, and combine him with Devin Bush over there. who's a true rookie from Michigan. I mean, they're Devin Bush is dirty too, but we don't run a Michigan podcast. A guy, a guy who really almost came to FSU though too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. His sister's playing at, uh, on the softball team. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually spoke, which is pretty funny with Devin Bush, just real quick, because, you know, his dad played here at Florida State, well-respected uh, player, um, way before our time, of course. But uh, Devin Bush's grandma came into where I was working, uh, and she told me, you know, I, I think he might be going to the, this is before the draft. He was like, I think, I, I really hope he goes to the Steelers. You know, there's a lot of talk about him going, like they'll come up and get him. And sure enough, grandma was right. Steelers go up and grab him. Uh, and shoot, I'm happy with it. So yeah, Devin Bush, he's, I'm extremely happy with, that's the only probably thing that I'm happy about this season for us, Pittsburgh wise. Um, all right, it's Q and a time. Holy moly. And we, we have a few on here. You guys ready? We, we haven't done these in a while. We usually ask, uh, you guys on either Twitter or Instagram to throw us some questions, DM us or ask us through the story on Instagram. And we try to answer as many as we can. Uh, some of them are kind of silly, so we don't, let's be honest. <laughs> Dustin usually does the mailbag, so he sees some silly ones. But uh, we're going to do a Q&A here. We might keep on doing these every week. Y'all let us know if you like it. Uh, but it seemed that we got about at least 15 or more questions. But right now we picked uh, just, just a hands full to go over since we don't have all night. But uh, I'll go ahead and start off right now, um, which is which is a – it's a hot question, but I think it's time to kind of end it. I think we kind of know the answer now. But why isn't Kane LeBorn uh, getting more touches right now, Dustin? Well, <laughs> honestly, it's, it just seems like Florida State's offense has, has decided to roll with Cam Akers, getting basically just about every single touch in the, in the run game and, you know, live, live or die by Cam Akers, basically. Akers has, has started off his junior season extremely well, but, you know, I am kind of concerned. He's on pace to carry the ball almost 300 times in 12 games. That's not even if, if Florida State, you know, somehow would make it to the ACC championship or, or a bowl game. So, I mean, you get up to a 14-game schedule. I'm going to get worried about Akers' durability. So just just to cap this question off, I th- I do think it's important for Florida State to start getting LeBorn more involved going forward, just to preserve Cam so he's at his best at the end of the season. Yeah, before the season, I believe that I kind of said that I thought that that they would it be Cam at first, and then throughout the year that they would start to split carries, and I guess that's still a possibility. But um, to me, it's evident that it's not so much of Kalen you know, not deserving to carry the ball, but just more so that Cam is so deserving of it. Um, I don't know deserving is the right word, but it's just evident that the coaching staff fully trusts Cam. Um, Cam is your guy this year. Um, he is playing the best football that he's probably ever played in his life right now. Um, and just the way that he carries the ball, and, and you know, he's, he's okay getting one to two yards to no yards to tackle for loss. He's okay, you know, doing that and doing it over and over and over again until eventually, you know, he breaks the 10, 12, and eventually, you know, 40-yard runs. And so um, Cam has certainly proven that, that he's trustworthy and um, the the offense seems to kind of go as he goes. 
Um, so, yeah, I think it's much more just about the coaching staff trusting Cam way more than it is about them not trusting Kalen. Because Kalen's certainly shown he has ability. He's had a lot of nice runs this mm-hmm. year. That kind of when he does it, it kind of makes you scratch your head and be like, "Yeah, why? Why is he not? <laughs> why is he not the guy?" But um, yeah, I think they just trust Cam so much. But I do agree, Dustin. I, I think towards the end of the year, you're kind of going to want to see uh, Kalen uh, increase his touches um, just to just to keep Cam healthy and, and available. Yeah, no, and I, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of was a little shocked a little bit that Kalen Bourne wasn't getting as many uh, carries at the start of the season, but you know. Cam Akers is having a great season. You've got a solid, you got a future NFL guy there, in my opinion, that is uh, having a, a fabulous start to the season. Um, and I think you just keep on riding that hot hand with them. Uh, from what I've heard, a guy very close, a, a person close with the team said, you know, Cam LeBourne has, you know, realized this is Cam Akers' year. Uh, and, you know, he'll, he knows he'll be the number one guy next year. I mean, there's no plans to leave, of course. Uh, and he's kind of fine with this. He's supporting Cam as much as he can. But whenever he – when Kalen will get his time, he will put out there as, as best as he could and perform at his uh, best opportunity. Um, and, but, yeah, both, both guys I think we've seen that are extremely talented. But Cam Akers right now is having a, is a fabulous start to the season. Uh, and pretty, we'll see a lot of – crazy. Cam, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Cam has nearly 100 more carries than Kalen has. It, it, it's so. insanity. And, you know, what goes more into that is that Cam Akers had – I mean, we heard a lot of good things about him during the offseason about, you know, conditioning and putting himself in shape and, you know. But, I mean, the lifting that he did also this offseason was incredible. I mean, he was lifting – more than linemen were. I mean, he, he's extremely strong. Uh, if you're near him, he's extremely in shape and cut. Uh, and, and it's something that he's like a James Wilder out there. Uh, the way that he, it's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, just look at the guy. Smaller James Wilder. Yeah. I mean, it, it is pretty interesting to think of. Yeah. Dustin, because he's able to like Dabo said in the press conference, which we'll get to down here, I think, um, or we'll note on uh, Zadabba Swinney said he's not the easiest to tackle. I mean, you got to be ready to bring more than one guy to him because he kind of just goes through you and he's going to keep on running, just doesn't stop. Um, and I think it's a mix of that. You know, he, he did a great job with his body this offseason, but also you can tell how much smarter he is at reading the field, using his eyes, being patient was something that he was having trouble with last year. Just watch some film on him. Definitely even last week I noticed it. You know, usually he'll he'll rush into things, but this year he's been able to sit back, read, uh, and he's playing so much smarter in his head, and that's going to be do so well for him uh, moving up into the league too. Um, all right, next question, which is kind of uh, what we talked about earlier, but we'll quickly note on it and give our just quick couple sentences on it why he – this maybe should not happen, but do you think Alex Hornibrook should start over James Blackman? James Blackman was listed, and as Willie Tiger said, he's going to be the starter against Clemson in Death Valley on Saturday. What do you guys think? Should Hornibrook start over James Blackman? I'm going to say no, just because I think Blackman is, for one, more mobile in the pocket. That's going to alleviate the problem Florida State has up front as best as it can. Blackman being able to dodge defenders, throw the ball away, do basically whatever he can not to get sacked. He, he's done a great job of 
avoiding uh, oncoming rushers. And then also, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, the the ability to hit on big plays in this offense because that's really what you're going to need to to beat Clemson. You're going to need their defense to get out of assignment on a few plays, and you're going to need to hit a couple big ones to stay in this game and you know potentially win it if Florida State plays their absolute best plus some. Yeah, and I feel like we've talked a lot about this already on the podcast, so I'll just kind of keep it short. Uh, no, uh, James Blackman gives you, uh, in my opinion, your only chance to beat Clemson. Um, Hornybrook is certainly a nice change of pace for this offense, but but uh, James Blackman is is uh, he's the guy that you want starting at quarterback for this game. Number three on the list here from our Q and A. How do you think James Blackman missing a start and having a minor injury could affect him against Clemson on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing I, I kind of mentioned a little bit back. There is some concern that he, he could start this game maybe out of rhythm, maybe pushing it a little a little bit too much, following his return from injury. But to me, Blackman is the type of player that, that really, if he has an off-series, he can go over to the sideline, talk to Bryles, talk to, talk to the players, understand what went wrong, and then go back out there and fix it. He's not someone that, that's going to panic if a couple drives go, go the wrong way. He's going to keep working to be successful the next time. He's not going to think about past mistakes. Yeah, I, I honestly don't see this injury affecting his mindset really uh, at all against against Clemson. I feel like James is um, – his mindset, he's never really zoned out at all. Even when he went down against uh, Louisville, was it? Um, he was still very much into mm-hmm. that game mentally, yeah. very locked in. And then, again, against State, you know, he was – extremely locked into that game and focused even you know not playing um and it was it was easy to see just the excitement that he on this that excitement that he had on the sideline um just shows how focused and and locked into the game he was so i don't think that he's you know really taking any time off mentally um and then just looking at what he did as a true freshman in death valley in 2017 throwing 13 to 32 for 208 yards one touchdown um and one interception you know it's certainly not not a great stat line but for a true mm-hmm. freshman, yeah. In the situation that he was in, you know, Florida State was in that game really until the end. So, um, fast forward two years to James Blackman now in a much better situation. Um, this is a guy that you know kind of lives to to be an underdog, and the twenty-seven point or whatever it is spread, you know, doesn't really doesn't really phase him. Um, he's going to walk into Death Valley confident. Um, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to probably miss a few guys, but, but I don't think that that's going to really rattle him. Um, just based off of what we know of the kind of player that he is and the mindset that he always has, um, you know, every single game. Yeah, no, this is an interesting game for James Blackman. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how he plays because I think if he plays how he did in Virginia, he seemed out of it. At Virginia, I don't know about you guys, but I I realized he was just kind of out of it. He was pushing balls where he usually doesn't do. Um, if if he can get away from that, kind of be relaxed, I think he does sit in the pocket better than most people do. Um, when he you know there's guys coming around and flying around, um, he will sit in that pocket, and if there's a deep ball there, he will probably take it and know he's going to get whacked. Uh, and that's something you know that 
Clemson's obviously getting trying to get ready for because they don't they know they don't really have to worry about that with Alex Hornibrook. I think Alex Hornibrook will rush and try to run into uh, maybe a defender. Uh, James Blackman, I think, like y'all noted on, uh, he if he has a bad series, he'll go talk to his guys, talk to Bryles, uh, and you know get his head back in because not only is it you know he's got the skill set to do it, which I think he's also the biggest leader on the team. He knows guys are looking up to him, relying on him. Uh, and he knows how much that means. Uh, he, it means a lot to him. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how he how he plays in this game and how he connects with uh, Tamir Ontario. I think we'll get to it at the end of this podcast. But I, I, I still think you've got to utilize this guy with Tamir Ontario. And I think James Blackman going deep with him uh, could play a factor or, or really anybody. But Tamir Ontario, you know, had a lot of balls going to him last year with Francois and Tamara Terry would come up with most of them. I mean, 90%. Uh, I, I think this game might be a, a show for, for Blackman and Terry, but we'll get into that at the end of this podcast. Uh, next question here, which I think Dustin will have a lot to talk about here. Uh, how do you feel on Ricky Aguayo's position right now? Well, uh, I like turtles, so I don't like Ricky Aguayo. <laughs> oh but, you know, seriously, Ricky, something we talked about um, on the NC State recap, Ricky has really been struggling these last two games. He's missed four out of his, his – Jesus. He's missed four out of his last five field goals. That included three against Louisville, and um, that culminated with him being benched at the end of the NC State win with Parker Grothhouse taking over the, the last two extra points. So really, I'm interested to see if that continues into this Saturday. Who's who's Florida State going to trot out at kicker? Is it going to be Aguayo or is it going to be Grothhouse? I don't think they wouldn't they wouldn't give Fitzgerald a shot in a game like this for his first ever appearance. So really, it's down to those two guys. I'm not really comfortable with Aguayo walking out there. Yeah, I, I think kind of just with where Florida State's at, not necessarily looking at the Clemson game specifically, but for the rest of the season, um, Florida State's really going to have to fight for every win. Um, They're really not in a position to where they can uh, leave the kicking uh, game up to chance. And so they're going to have to put the best guy out there. So um, I don't think that that's been determined yet. We don't know, you know, who who, who really is better, but it's certainly a question that the coaches are thinking about, you know, letting Grothhouse take those last two kicks. Um, and so for Clemson, you know, you're probably going to want to lean uh, experience, which is obviously Ricky Aguayo. So I would imagine that he is going to take the bulk of the kicks. But, you know, if he starts missing, you know, I, I think they're certainly going to let Growth House, you know, have his shot as well. So, um, you know, again, not looking at just the Clemson game, but going ahead, you really need uh, that to be locked down. You need to automatic three points every time you got to kick a field goal um, because Florida State needs that. They need that desperately in every game that they play this season. So hopefully that's something that gets out, gets figured out quickly. Uh, And hopefully Ricky Aguayo can figure it out. Um, You know, it'd kind of be a shame for him to lose his job during his senior season. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out on Saturday. On to the next question here. Uh, They ask, I'm not convinced, like everyone else, that we're going to get boat raced by Clemson. How about you guys? And, and uh, you, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Fisher, obviously, 
Go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. Sorry, we're just here for you. My bad. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, Fisher's what kind of boats are we racing? Um, I really don't know a lot of names of boats. I'll be honest with you. I live in Florida, and I don't really know can any I, any boat. Can I go ahead? Can I get my thoughts first? I know jet skis, yes, yacht, sir. yes, sir. Um, okay. Cruise line boats. I don't so, know. So, so here's my here's my take on 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 that question. Um, every week we try to put out we have we try to have a, a Knowles win graphic ready. Uh, for each game, you know, to, to, to put out if, if Florida State does win the game. Um, and I was talking to our uh, our other graphic designer, Adam, who does incredible work for us. He's in charge this week of putting together the Knowles win graphic. Um, I told him um, probably best just not to waste your time um, putting wow. together a Knowles graphic. Uh, don't think we'll be needing it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my take on, on whether or not we're going to get uh, boat raced. Jeez Louise. But in, in a positive light, well, I will well, say, put all your money on Florida State plus 27. <laughs> Feel good about yourself. Well, I, I'm i going to be really ticked off, though, Fisher. If out of some magical thing, <laughs> out of some magical thing, Florida State wins one of their biggest game in years and years, and we have just no graphic. something Don't so worry about it. that we've ever seen. That we've Don't ever seen in my entire life. Don't I hope you, whenever you get back from your trip, <laughs> that you have a lot of content that we're making because I'm going to be silly <laughs> trigger trash. But I mean, that's just if it were to happen. But man, if they win, we can tweet a picture of Alec Eberly or something. <laughs> yeah, seems like Dustin, a great idea. That's why Dustin use... is not on the creative team. That's why he's the one. <laughs> Let's use the one we used from 2013. Do we have that one still? Shoot, we might. I mean, that was just. I think. I don't think was I was even. Me. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't with me. I was just me at the time. I don't no, even know what I tweeted use, then. But you know what I'll do. We used for that. You know what? That's what I'll do tomorrow while I'm in, in class, where I should be listening and taking notes. I'm gonna spend time going back and seeing what we tweeted back in 2013 when Florida State won. That's what I'll have set ready for us. Well, great. That was a great answer there for um, who asked that. I don't didn't list the names on here, so that's really helpful. Um, on to the next question, which I think is a good question here. Uh, will a bye week before Clemson hurt us or help us? And that's something I don't know about you guys, but I've thought in the back of my brain the last couple of days, had this or last week, has this bye week helped Florida State? You know, you can get some guys healthy. Um, you could watch some more film on one of the you know, well-respected teams, still one of the best teams in the country with Clemson, or is, is it a bad thing? What do you guys think? You know, honest, honestly, I almost feel like the having the bye week right before Clemson well, is a bad thing for Florida State because against against Louisville, against NC State, even against Virginia, we saw this team slowly building incremental progress week by week. And then suddenly they have a week off and then bang, they're going into their biggest game of the season. So I almost think it would have been better if Florida State would have played Clemson last Saturday. But at that same time, this bye week allowed Blackman to really probably get back to close to as fully healthy as he'll be for the rest of the season. Some other guys that, that were banged up in the first five weeks, they're they're probably a little bit more healthier. And then at the same time, 
Florida State's coaching staff got a week to review a lot of the first half of that season, understand what's working for this team, and then game plan to do more of that going forward. But, you know, Clemson also had a bye week. So, I mean, really when it gets down to it, the the effects are pretty negligible. It's not going to be much of a payoff either way. Um, I think it certainly helps more than it hurts. Um, if you're Florida State, doesn't like you said, I think it gives the coaching staff just some time to kind of just sit around the table and, and really evaluate where this team is at. Um, and it's nice to, to give Jim Levitt some time to, to watch some film and um, hopefully by now he's really got a grasp on who this team is and, and what they're capable of doing. And so from that standpoint, I think it helps a lot, out a lot. I think it also helps um, just to kind of build up a little bit of confidence back in this team. Uh, let, let this offensive line sort of build back confidence after a, a pretty poor showing against NC State. Um, let, let guys get healthy. You know, you're, you're very healthy minus – uh, Kendo and, and uh, blanking Lars Woodby. Um, so so apart from those guys, you're you're very healthy. Getting guys like Jawan Williams and Minshew back, I think, is great for you. Um, so overall, I think it's good. Um, it, it will, you know, it just kind of depends on if Taggart <sighs> allow these guys to to not stay focused. I think that's that's kind of the key there. Um, is just you know coming back to work and, and staying focused on on what needs to get done every single day and. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that translates onto the field. Uh, the flip side too, is, is that Clemson's coming off a bye week as well. And so, um, you know, I don't, for this game, I, I don't know that, like you said, Dustin, I think the, the effects of whether it hurts you or, or helps you, I think is pretty marginal. Um, you know, and especially with Clemson coming off a bye week as well, kind of cancels out really any benefit that you get, um, just aside from sort of evaluating where the team is at as a whole. So... I, 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 this one's a, a tricky one for me. I'll note on it real quick. Uh, I think Florida State, with their momentum where they were going, definitely defensively, I think it would have been nice for Florida State to play on Saturday. Uh, but I'm also thinking about guys that need rest. I also do think about John, John Williams and how the offensive line looked pretty poor and how he could come in and, you know, bringing him, giving an extra week of rest can help that offensive line if he were to be playing this Saturday against Clemson I think that's a big deal I also think about rest for guys like we've talked about with Cam Akers who has had a ridiculous amount of load to start the season you get a guy like that fully rested you also get your big boys who Dabo Swinney also mentioned today during his press conference about the front three with Robert Cooper uh, you got Marvin Wilson and you got Corey Durden guys that are some Big boys. That's something Dabo uh, noted on. Those are some massive boys, well over 300 pounds. Um, getting those guys rest. And and a guy who we who I kind of mentioned last week, uh, Marvin Wilson, who I think needs to have the best game of his career uh, against Clemson in order for this game to stay anywhere close uh, to a game. Um, I, I think the rest will help. I do. I do think you know it, it's tough. You know both teams had. A bye week, and also, you know, Clemson comes off of a very extremely close game with North Carolina, um, and you know they might be pissed off after that. Uh, but uh, you know, Florida State has some momentum. I do think the Jim Levitt thing is a big deal. I think he's a big film watching kind of guy. Uh, Willie Taggart actually mentioned that you know 
you know, they're going to have a couple days off earlier this week or last week, but, you know, each guy has to watch film for at least 30 minutes a day and, you know, they can track it through the app and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Jim Levitt also being able to watch film, I think helps us helps uh, quite a bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but uh, it's kind of hard to pick, but I do think having the bye week does help a little bit. Um, Under our last two questions here, uh, what are your thoughts on, our offensive line against NC State. You want to start off with that one, Fisher or Dustin? Who wants to take that one? Yeah, I mean, Florida State's offensive line surrendered eight sacks against NC State. The the running game really couldn't get couldn't get going outside of that one forty one yard burst out of Cam Akers um, in the second half. So that honestly, that was really the the worst we've seen the offensive play so far in, in 2019 under the leadership of, of Clements. Um, I really think that had a lot to do with the the changing of the guard at, at quarterback for that game with, with Blackman being hit with that leg injury. So, you know, I think that's going to change against Clemson with Blackman taking the, the primary snaps. Like, like we've kind of talked about, he's more elusive in the pocket. He's going to be able to evade those types of negative plays. And that that helps Florida State because, you know, not getting behind the chains early will allow them to do what they want to do, which is put the ball in K-Maker's hands and, and let them go to work. And that's that's another area that's going to be big for this offensive line on Saturday. They're going to get challenged against this Clemson front seven. And, you know, they're either going to step up or back down. So we're we're really going to see how how far this offensive line has come in the past year on Saturday. Yeah, by far kind of the worst performance that we've seen out of this offensive line against NC State. As Dustin mentioned, uh, a lot of that is due in part to Hornibrook uh, starting that game. Hornibrook uh, really did not do a great job getting the ball out of his hands at times. Uh, which resulted in unnecessary sacks. Florida State gave up eight total. Uh, in addition, kind of like Dustin mentioned as well, um, this was maybe uh, definitely not the best rushing performance that we've seen out of Florida State. Cam Akers, your leading rusher, with 83 yards in that game. Um, so certainly not what Florida State would like to see out of their rushing attack. Um, Florida State looked at times uh, dominated up front, uh, dominated uh, pretty pretty badly. Um, NC State whipped them at times, and uh, Florida State looked like 2018 offensive line uh, against NC State. And so that certainly does not bode well against Clemson, who is arguably the best defensive front in the entire nation, even after losing all that talent last year. Um, guys like uh, Xavier Thomas and uh, Tyler Davis are two guys that, that are really making an impact up front for Clemson. Um, and so... You know, kind of like I mentioned, I think the bye week was a good week for them to kind of build that confidence back, uh, get confidence back instilled in these guys and let, let Clements work on, you know, fundamentals again and, and, you know, preach, you know, what they're doing right and hopefully work on those things and, and address what's wrong. Um, and then looking again at, at getting uh, Jawan Williams back, which I think is a huge help. Bellow really struggling in C State. NC State um, doesn't really look like he's up to the task, especially against a team like Clemson. Um, I, don't, I don't think that Jawan Williams is uh, – a major step up from from Abdul Bello, but I, I think he definitely gives you uh, more consistent play and, and uh, just better overall performance there. Um, you know, kind of just recapping again, 
probably the worst performance we've seen, but I think uh, for the most part that was a little circumstantial with, with Hornybrook being in there. Um, but they're going to have to bounce back big time to give Florida State a chance to beat Clemson. All right, with the last question from the Q&A, and then we'll get on to the end of the podcast with giving our predictions and some of the top, uh, hot topics heading into the game. Uh, let me get the last question out here. Uh, how do you think uh, Florida State's defensive line will match up against Clemson's offensive line and their running back, ETN? Um, and we kind of talked about it earlier. You kind of give them a little bit of rest, talking about Florida State's defensive line, guys that are very well respected. I think a lot of coaches, opposing coaches, kind of know what they bring to the table. Obviously, Debo Sweeney is a very uh, smart coach, definitely and well respected. You know, he, he knows about how big these boys are. And, you know, I think that main threat there was an NFL product with Marvin Wilson, who happens just to be in college football pads right now, how much of a threat they, they bring. But uh, y'all give me your thoughts on how Florida State defensive line is going to match up against Clemson's offensive line and try to give a threat to Trevor Lawrence and, and a, a well-respected running back with ETN. Yeah, I'm uh, honestly, I'm kind of concerned for Florida State's defensive line, particularly in the first half with Janarius Robinson having to sit do that due to the targeting penalty he got against North Carolina State. But, you know, to me, you know what you have in that, in that big three of, of Marvin Wilson – Robert Cooper and Corey Durden, you're going to get really solid play in the interior, but it come it comes down to those edge linebackers. How how is Amari Gaynor going to play in this game? And who you know whoever steps up and takes the the majority of Janarius Robinson snaps in that first half, how how are they going to step up and play? Because the interior, you know, you really you really like what you have there, but it's going to come down to the guys next to them, and then. The linebackers, Dontavious Jackson especially, how's he going to play in this game? So you're going to need those linebackers to step up big in the first half to really help out that defensive line. Yeah, and this this is an offensive line for Clemson who at times has been pretty undisciplined this season. I believe they gave up five false start penalties uh, last week against North Carolina. Um, They're replacing a couple starters in the offensive line who were extremely uh, – uh, successful at Clemson and, and had a lot of experience and, and don't get me wrong Clemson is still extremely talented up front on the offensive line and extremely uh, you know capable of playing at at a, a very high level um, they just got a few things to, to work on but um, Florida State is is uh, this is really just a, a really dominant front three when you're looking at Durden Cooper and Marvin Wilson and they're starting to really play and and play to the level that people thought that they could and they're playing at the level that the coaching staff sort of foresaw and which was one of the reasons you know going to that three four was it was a big deal is getting all three of those guys on the field at the same time is huge marvin wilson is is having one of the best years that a defensive tackle has ever had at florida state um marvin wilson is a guy who is just dominant and unblockable at times and uh, plays with such a high energy level um, which is huge. Uh, Robert Cooper is an immovable object. Um, when he decides that he wants to put his feet in the ground and not move, then it's going to be really hard to move that guy, um, which is a big deal, you know, blocking, taking up, taking up blocks, and, and ETNs are really special back, and so that's going to help out the linebackers. Um, you know, it's on them to, to fill those gaps, which they have not done a good job of at all. Um, but ever since that Boise State game, well, really since the Virginia game, Florida State's deep line has, has really 
played a lot more disciplined. And, and Durden is a guy at times, too, who, who just is a dominant force. And so Clemson definitely has their work cut out for them against those front three. Clemson's going to have to play with uh, great technique and fundamentals. Um, they're going to have to get their pad level low to get leverage on those guys, which is something that did not do a great job of last week against North Carolina. Um, so I think Florida State, uh, you know, has a test, but but they're this is one of those position battles that I think Florida State has maybe not the edge in, but that I feel most comfortable in saying Florida State can handle their business when just looking at those front three versus that Clemson offensive line. Yeah, no, I think that you previewed it very well. Let me give you a clap for that. I think that was pretty good. That was pretty damn good. Just snap on him like that. Damn. All right. Um, no, I agree with a lot. I'm mean, pretty much what he said. I can't really say much. All right. Fisher had to go run. He's got some school stuff to handle, uh, but he gives his prediction at the end. So we don't have to worry about that, but it's just me, me and Dustin kind of r- rolling through uh, this Clemson quick preview. I know we talked already a lot about it, but we're going to run through a cu- couple of the hot topics and I have a question for Dustin uh, too in here. But uh, so Florida state will be facing Clemson at three 30 and death Valley on ABC, your starting quarterback will be James Blackman. Alex Hornibrook is expected to get some snaps. Janarius Robinson is out for the first half after a targeting call last week against NC State. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, starting off, Tanner Muse, one of their best defensive backs from uh, uh, for Clemson, is expected to play, but he's dealing with the, coming back from a strained calf, something to keep an eye on to start the game. Uh, and see if he, he if he's fully ready to roll. Um, but other than that, Clemson's kind of bringing a fully healthy team to the squad uh, or to this game. Um, and and I want to get your uh, opinion here, Dustin. Uh, what are the keys to just keeping this game close? What what keeps this team, Florida State, in it uh, to where you know you're going into the third and fourth quarter that you know you know Florida State is playing with the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I mean, two of the biggest keys to me coming coming into this game is Florida State hitting on big plays and at the same time limiting Clemson from their own big plays and then winning the, the turnover battle. You know, and that injury you just mentioned could, could be crucial. Tanner Muse in the back end, if he's not – you know, fully healthy back there, Florida State could really take advantage with an elite wide receiving core down the field. And, and with Blackman back there, those the chances for those big plays only rises. So really, Florida State, they're going to need Clemson. I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit ago, but they're going to need Clemson to have a few miscues on the defense, miss a few assignments that let Florida State get some big plays down the field, maybe even a long touchdown or two. And then on defense, this unit's going to have to be extremely focused on Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, and, and Travis Etienne, three guys that can really just break a game open at any point in time. So this defense is going to have to be focused for 60 full minutes on Saturday. And then also you have the turnover battle. Florida State's been pretty good about keeping the ball this season. And, and on defense, they've done a much better job of taking it away from their opponents who actually recover in fumbles. Clemson comes into this game with a minus one turnover margin. So mm-hmm. oh. you think you look at if Florida state takes, takes the ball away from Clemson two or three times, the offense doesn't turn the ball over. 
you could be looking at a completely different ball game depending on where those turnovers happen. If Florida State gets good field position, gets a few easy scores, that only helps their chances moving forward in this game. Mm-hmm. And and I want to get to, you know, Florida State's defense has been improving and improving. I think it's time that we, you know, go ahead and notice Jim Lovett is making a pretty big impact on this defense. Harlan Barnett is still the defensive coordinator, but your, your senior defensive analyst with Jim Lovett coming from Oregon, close friends with uh, Willie Taggart. Uh, he, he's coming in, putting guys in right areas, which we've seen. I think we have all agreed that we liked where Leonard Warner has been moved. And I think um, keeping him inside there has worked out really well. And they've seen some improvement with hitting the, gra- the gaps correctly. Uh, but this goes to here, and I've got a question for you, Dustin, and I'll probably note on it also. Uh, can this defense keep its momentum and bring it against Trevor Lawrence and that Tigers offense on Saturday at 3.30? It can. I'm just, I'm just not totally convinced that it will. You know, those injuries on, on the ends to Joshua Kando, that, that's huge. And then also you have Robinson – sitting out that first half. So, I mean, really two of your your better pass rushers so far this season aren't going to be there. And then you also have, have Woodby out, who had mm-hmm. been moved up to the line of scrimmage. So I guess, I get, like, who would you look to at that defensive end spot that could play a role in that factor? It's tough because, I mean, really you don't have a lot of experience across the roster. You know, last last season, a true freshman that really impressed me at defensive end was uh, Dennis Briggs. So I'd be really excited to see if – I know he's been playing inside more this season, but I'd be excited to see if Florida State kind of flex him out there to that edge role and, you know, see what he has in him. He's more of an athletic type of defensive lineman. He's, he's not as big of a body as, as a Corey Durden. Or Marvin Wilson, so he still has that build where he could be an edge defender, and I'd be excited to see him in that role. Obviously, this is a, a big game to thrust him into something like that, but Florida State, frankly, needs someone to step up at that position. Yeah, yeah, they do, and you know, it's you know, it's tough for them. You know, of course, this is the Clemson game. This is by far probably you know the biggest game that Florida State will face unless Florida just keeps on rolling. But, you know, you, you lose, of course, Daenerys Robinson in the first half, which will be crucial. Uh, and then, of course, you lose Joshua Kanda throughout you know, like the rest of the season due to an injury. But, you know, you're also supposed to have Xavier Peters, which we were very high on. I know, I, I believe me and you were, Dustin, uh, on Xavier Peters coming in. I mean, he's an athlete. He was an athletic freak. Uh, and, yeah. you know, now he's with Kentucky, and it didn't really work out here with, with FSU. You know, it was more family-related, uh, I think. Uh, but, you know, you kind of were, you know, you kind of had some depth rolling there. But, you know, this is time for younger guys. If they want to get their playing time and show what they're worth, and they would probably, if they had a, had a decent game, they would play it throughout the rest of the season. But you got to have some young guys step up. Um, and I, I was pretty high on also Briggs too. I watched him during the game while it was happening. Uh, I was pretty. I was like, "Whoa, who is that guy?" Uh, there's gonna have to be some young guys that step up and be able to hold the ground until Janarius Robinson can get back into the game because Dabo Sweeney noted on it that, "Hey, 11 is a tough guy to stop," uh, and and I think that's a very good thing for Janarius Robinson. You know, one of the things coming in from high school was you know, 
he just needed some coaching and he'd be good. And it's kind of been a slow, you know, slow process for him. But he is a stupid athletic uh, monster. Uh, he's ridiculous. If you ever stand next to him, he's ridiculously huge. Uh, but he's had he's stepping into that that top defensive end role for this team. Uh, and we'll see, you know, if that second half of this game is still close, how much of he plays a factor for Florida State's defense and if he can wreak havoc. Uh, on to my next question for you, and I'll what I'll actually go ahead and do now uh, after I ask this, I'm going to roll a clip about from Dabo Sweeney where he talks about Cam Akers. But I want to ask you, Dustin, uh, real quick, uh, who needs to have a bigger day for Florida State on offense, running back Cam Akers or wide receiver Tamarion Terry? Be, and then you got to be physical uh, because, again, this is a very committed team to running it and a very committed back uh, who, who's – you better have your big boy pads on because he's, he's, he's going to keep coming. So got a lot of respect for, for how he plays. Uh, he's taken a lot of hits. He's had a lot of carries. He's got a bunch of carries. And, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a physical guy, so you better match that mindset or he'll bloody your nose. You know – I think it's important for, for Cam Akers to have a big day. But honestly, it's way more crucial for Tamorion Terry and, and that wide receiving core to have an even bigger day. And, you know, the reason why I feel like Florida, Florida State hasn't really broken broken out a lot of big plays in the running game so far this season. Not saying that's that's the blame on Cam Akers or anything. He's just He's just that grinding type of back. He he's has a propensity to get first downs, and you know so far this season, that's that's exactly what he's done. He's fought for first downs. I think so far this season, uh, Acres' longest run was that 41-yard scamper against NC State. So I really just feel like if you have Tamorion Terry, you know, catching eight passes for something like 150, 200 yards, that means Florida State's offense was making big plays down the field against Clemson. And, you know, that's something I mentioned as, as a key to this game. They're going to have to connect on those big plays. So, Tamorion Terry or, or another wide receiver or a couple wide receivers are going to need to have big days against the Tigers. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with your pick here, too. I think I go with Tamorion Terry also. Got to have some deep threat. Got to have some uh, big plays in order to stay in this game. Tamorion Terry. Tamarion Terry is a special talent. Um, and I've, I, I've been trying to stress this, and I think anybody that covers Florida State would, and even if they're fans. If Tamarion Terry is one-on-one, I really don't care that much who the DB is. Uh, he's done it before last season. He makes catches where he probably shouldn't, but he still does. Uh, he makes about 90% of them uh, over his defenders. If that is an option for whoever quarterback is in, but I'm going to go, of course, with James Blackman here. This has got to be where he's utilized. Uh, and, and I think that's what they'll do. They'll try to give him some separation, try to give him some one-on-one opportunities. And I think James Blackman uh, will have to take advantage of that as much as they can if they can't get the running game going. Either I don't even... I don't think it really they should give a damn, even if it, the running game's working or not. Take the shots while you got it there. I think Tamarion Terry is hungry for it. He came off a very solid game last weekend uh, or two weeks ago. 
uh, I think Tamara and Terry is that guy that sh- you need to have a bigger day out of, uh, even out of Cam Akers, because I think Cam Akers will do his thing. Got to see Tamara and Terry excel against the Clemson defense. Um, I want to get through a couple quotes here uh, from Debo Sweeney, Clemson's head coach, uh, talking about Florida State. Uh, he says, uh, Florida State is easily the most talented team that we have played to this point on paper and roster, and they're getting better. Should probably be 5-0. and oh, Probably pretty disappointed in what happened against Boise State. Really just kind of blew it after being up 30-13 to 13 in the third quarter. Same thing at Virginia. They had, chan- had a chance up there. They are truly two or three plays from being 5-0. and oh. They have started to create an identity, and they are playing better together. Um, and, you know, I was kind of thinking back at what Dabo Sweeney and a lot of other coaches were saying last year and even even this offseason, you know, they were like, you know, Florida State, you know, has shown signs of where they can show really nice potential. Um, and it's just taking patience. It takes a while. And I think a lot of coaches understand and they, they understand for Willie Taggart, too, that, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time of getting the clicks working all together. Uh, and this team can actually, you know, if they play together, they kind of get some guys out of the program that, you know, are causing some some dragging issues for the team. Uh, things get better. And, you know, just understanding the offense and how the new coaches are at Florida State, you know, it'll take time. But I think Dabba Sweeney is really trying to tell you right now is that, you know, Florida State is starting to pick up a little bit of steam here. They're starting to click a little bit and you know Dabo's not wanting to be of course that team and nobody's expecting them to be but he doesn't want to be that team to find out that Florida State is clicking on more cylinders uh, than they've been in, in a few years you know he doesn't want to be that team but I, I just wanted to give my reaction to what he was kind of talking about there I don't know if you wanted to speak on it too Dustin yeah, I mean, really, uh, I agree with Dabo. I, I think Florida State is probably kicking itself a little bit. The Seminoles definitely have the chance to to be five and zero right now if if they would have finished those games against Boise State and Virginia like like they should have. But you know, you can't dwell on the past. Since then, obviously, the the program has taken some obvious steps forward, and they've just got to continue taking those incremental steps against Clemson. You know, even if Florida state doesn't come out with a win on Saturday, it's, it's about how that, that game is played rather than the final result. Do, does Florida, will Florida state, you know, completely look outclassed or will they look like they can actually compete with the defending national champions? All right. So uh, who's going to predict Florida State to upset Clemson? Uh, do, do, do you want to go first, Fisher? Yeah, I'll go ahead and give my score prediction. Um, I feel actually pretty pretty good about it. Um, I actually have Clemson winning uh, 41-10 is the score that I see. Um, I actually wow. think it could be – I think it could be – My God. <laughs> wow. You were just 40. talking earlier about, you know, well, I mean, that's just a defensive line, but I guess there's a lot of other position groups. But damn, I <laughs> no, no, wasn't no. expecting that. 41-10 is the score that I see, um, mm. which is pretty close to the spread. That's a 31-point difference, and I think the spread is 27 right now. So mm. um, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty on point with, with kind of what the, the experts are saying. What do, what do you but, think the main problem is going to be? 
I just don't think the offensive line can block. Um, I, I actually think the first half is going to uh, watchable. Um, but I just don't think that that offensive line can compete with, with Clemson's defensive front. I mean, giving up eight sacks to NC State, I know, and I know the game that was circumstantial and Florida State ended up putting up, you know, 31 points against them. But I, I just don't see, you know, how this offensive line can compete with that defensive front. It's just a, it's just a matter of, like, physics. Um, <laughs> not being able to not be able to block those guys, and um, who knows? I hope they surprise me, but but forty one ten is is kind of what I what I what I see happening on Saturday. Yeah, well, you know, if Fisher was right, that would mean I'm losing money since I took Florida State plus twenty seven. So <laughs> it's all about the money now with Dustin Lewis. Not, by the way, not not feeling that one at all. But um, you know, I also think Clemson is going to score. 41 points in this game. I have Clemson coming out on top, 41-20. That's something I've kind of been feeling since last week. Okay. And, and like Fisher said, I, I really think the first half is going to be competitive. Florida State is going to be in the game. But in the second half, you know, Clemson's got the heart of a champion. All right. <laughs> Golly. Jeez. Um, I haven't even thought about this prediction because I wanted to take it organically, naturally, just give it to me. Uh, I do think that Daenerys Robinson missing out on the first half sucks a lot. I mean, I think he brings would bring a lot of momentum for that defense and get bringing a sack on Trevor Lawrence uh, might might help a lot. Uh, I do think a fully rested defensive line for Florida State does help kind of settle that offensive offense down as a powerhouse, uh, I'm not thinking they score that much on Florida State. Uh, I think Clemson will score 34. Uh, I got Clemson 34, Florida State 17. Uh, and if that's the score, then I think Florida State, uh, I don't think fans will be too uh, you know, discouraged by it. Uh, I, I just think... Um, I do think Florida, Florida State's offensive line is going to have, have a tough time with that deep line. I mean, it, it's Clemson. They always have a well-respected guy, well-respected guys that are usually first-round talent. Sometimes two go to the first round from just their defensive line unit, which is ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to predict Florida State uh, 17, Clemson 34. And I'm going to stick with it. So, but now if we're all wrong, then we need to have something. We should probably do like 50 push-ups while we're recording or something. <laughs> we'll let you do those, Dustin. Yeesh. <laughs> I know you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think that will do it for the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was jam-packed with a lot of stuff and the Q&A and talking about some hot topics and whatnot. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys go subscribe over there. Every podcast is going to be available on there once we upload them to our provider and it'll be available for you guys to listen to immediately um but yeah we appreciate all the listens that we've been bringing in we hope we can continue to grow if you're on itunes if you rate us five stars it really helps a lot if you're on the apple podcast app um, if you would rate us five stars even leave a review and tell us what you like about it 
Um, it would really mean a lot. It helps us grow and listens, and, and we're really wanting to uh, keep on doing these as much as we can, and, and it only gives us a lot more motivation when you guys are listening in, and the growth always helps. So we appreciate you guys so much, and it means a lot to us. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the game this weekend. It should be pretty interesting. Florida State is facing Clemson on ABC 330. We hope to see you uh, or talk to you guys in the next podcast recapping this game.